Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm James. And we barely remember how to do this. It's been so long since we've done one of these episodes, even though we always say we're not going to date when we do it. But if you just look at this episode when it comes out and the one before it, (laughs) it's it's been been a hot minute. And I think a lot of that is because of uh, the pandemic. A lot of that is uh, we could get really deep and say that people are you know, in a lot of different moods right now and trying to find value and worth in a lot of what they're doing. And I think people are also just really trying to fill their time with things that make them happy. (laughs) Are you saying this podcast makes you not happy? I mean, (laughs) that's why we haven't done it. I mean, I can't wait until the day that we don't have to do this anymore. But I'm just kidding. Until our court mandated uh, service (laughs) is up. (laughs) No, we enjoy doing this, but uh, we've also been doing uh, some other things that do make us happy. We've uh, been doing some pretty creative ventures. Oh, I was going to say lots and lots and lots of Zoom calls. That's what makes me happy. And at least nothing but Zoom. Just Zoom. Well, you got you've been doing Zoom. I have been uh, I have I don't know the word to use. I have been doing a lot of in-person things. Mm-hmm. I won't say whether that's a plus or a minus. You've yes, you've been doing the um, the in person zooming. It's yes. a new it's a new thing where you sit across from a person, directly across from them, and talk to them. and stare at them the whole time while you're talking. And it's the new type of interaction based off of Zoom, but in person. Right, and, and sometimes you lag and you start talking really slow. Let's talk really fast and then get back to normal. <laughs> And I freeze, and <laughs> I become really pixelated. And the best part is that I can't, no one can see each other's mouths. That's the best part of this. So you're really guessing at what every person is saying. Right. Um, um, anyway, a, no. apart from that. Uh, right. Um, well, we have uh, been doing some creative ventures, so we thought we'd talk about some of the creative things that we've done that have, uh, have made us happy. Because that's what because, we do. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone really wants to be happy, and I, I would um, hasten to say that um, composing and arranging and playing makes us happy. Yeah, I, I think we've all done compositions and commissions that have been um, difficult, but I think at the end of the day, it's something that we go to, like you said, because we enjoy it, and uh, ostensibly because it's fun, and uh, especially if we're writing for someone or writing for something in particular. And I know that's one thing that you've done, or you have a tradition, so to speak, of doing. I so do. we'll talk about that. Uh, sure. And th- I think we've done a couple of these comp episodes before where we talk about the music we've written. So I think if we have some clips, we could probably insert them. Oh. Yeah. I, does think? technology allow this? Uh you're not completely technologically like advanced beyond our civilization now that's all we do (laughs) that's true yeah and i have forgotten such basic things uh if Mm. i can't share my screen then i don't know oh wow 
<laughs> that's right. If it's not accessible on Microsoft Teams and mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. doing my digital whiteboard, then I have no right. idea how to save a file anymore. It's no. just, it's done. No. Uh, well, yes, uh, my tradition that I, uh, that I do is for all of my seniors, uh, this is my most recent composition, uh, my seniors graduating, giving their senior recital, I always write them an original piece. That is that, so nice of you. <laughs> and I accompany them on their recital, and it's just kind of a special thing we get to share. And the piece always has for, you know, whoever uh, written at the top. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's kind of cool. I, I started it a couple years back, and now this is actually a really special class of seniors because it's my first class since I became full-time. Oh, so nice. I've seen them from their freshman year to their senior year. So one of my horn players is giving her senior recital next uh, next semester, and I wrote a piece for her. Um, it's a two movement piece. I think I've gotten into this habit. I really like writing two movement suites. Yeah, I it's just nice. That's, it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't just, overstay its welcome. Right, exactly. You don't want to hear too much of what I write, so we end it shortly and we get out. It's perfect. <laughs> there you uh, go. This piece is called Mesosphere because I liked that word. Uh, yeah. What does that mean? And uh, it's the, okay, if I can get it right. It's the layer of the atmosphere that's between the thermosphere and the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. um, that's, and I just like the word. It's a cool the, word. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a really neat word. I, I, I really liked it. Um, the first movement is called Noctilucent. Wow. Which is an awesome word, which means... I think it means uh, cloud shining. It's the okay. reflection of the moon off of clouds when they shine go. in the evening time. So that was, that was really cool. So it's slow and pretty, and it sounds a little bit like this. And then the second movement is called Cirrus, which is like Cirrus clouds. And it's nice. a lot faster. And uh, it's, uh, I, I really wanted to write minimalist piano because I've never tried it before. And I'm always really heavily influenced by something I'm listening to. And at the moment I was listening to Phrygian Gates. Oh, and yeah. I really, really enjoy that piece and how intense, but also the the changes in it are so subtle. So that's kind of where the, the company of this of that piece came from. Um, and so the, this is what it sounds like.
I love the sounds of that piece. So that's the uh, the last thing I wrote. Um, Let me ask you a question. You... Oh, before oh, we go on, right. uh, this right. is an interview. Didn't you, didn't you know? <laughs> oh man, I'm not prepared. Where's so, my coffee? <laughs> you know, for a lot of people uh, that are getting into composition, I know one thing that we recommend is to write for people, like just like you did, because it can serve as inspiration. So, when you're writing for your students. Do you write for them, like for what you feel that their strengths are? Do you write something that will maybe help them uh, grow their technique? Or do you just write basically whatever you want and they just have to deal with it? Yes. To all. <laughs> uh, no, really, I do take into account what they are pretty good at because I want the piece that I write for them, and I think both of us write this way, we want it to be accessible and something that they'll enjoy working on. And in a recital, you always have your like two or three heavy hitter pieces that you work on a lot. I don't want my piece to be that. I want it to be something that plays itself and mm -hmm. they sound mm -hmm. really good on. Um, so I write to their strengths, but I do always include some kind of element of maybe the range or some dynamic level or some uh, flexibility, uh, something that they, they need to work on. So there is some education that goes into it. And has anyone ever uh, gotten a piece from you and just like just made a sad face and like, oh, okay. Not yet. <laughs> I I don't know what I'd do if they would. But I think because they're so polite and they're so excited to have something written for them that I don't think they would, at least not to my face. And if they have published right. online blogs about, like, how much I hate my teacher's composition for me, <laughs> they're all contributing authors to it. I'm sure it's somewhere on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I haven't found it yet. Or will you consider someday writing a, just a piece of garbage as like a joke initially like someone that you know really well and like here's your piece and you read through it and it's just awful like it just sounds like, like they're missing notes all over the place because you wrote the horn part in a different key you mean, <laughs> you mean like my first composition attempts yes i will certainly pull those out and introduce that to a kid and say this is what i wrote for you hope you like it nice they'll need Perfect. some some luck and maybe some dreams <laughs> the, yep a lot a lot of that uh well speaking of writing for specific people mm -hmm. uh you have recently written something that has just been completed that was written for a specific person that you've talked about on another podcast very recently yeah so it's really uh, different my piece visions is what i assume you're referring to right it is okay it is it's yeah. not your. Uh, it, it's not the more recent piece that you wrote for harmonica, water glasses, and uh, single F horn. No, that one's still. I'm finishing the touches on that one. Okay, I'm uh, ready. except it's I, called... I keep breaking the the, the glass harmonica. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh wow! It's called touched in the head. Yeah, I. I <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's it's for uh, a harmonica choir. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. I'm reading. It's all for that aleatoric. One. Oh, that was a good one. Um, I've been working on my puns. Ooh, I'm impressed. Uh, but yeah, so so visions. It's the spiritual successor to my piece saga, which is horn and fixed media. By fixed media, I mean just like film score. You know, synthetic sounds. It's like uh, MIDI on steroids, whatever you want to call an it. Awesome piece. Yeah. Um, and I wrote it 
uh, with Chris Castellanos in mind because he was the one that more or less initiated the idea of, hey, let's like let's talk about having you do another piece after he had played Saga. Uh, and then I did it. It was funded and written through a consortium through support of that. So all of the people that joined the consortium really made it happen. Um, but I, the idea behind it was Saga, but more on steroids. So I thought about Chris and his playing style, and then I toned it down like 99% because if I wrote it specifically for him, no one else would be able to play it. No, he's amazing. <laughs> what a sickening player. So, he's so, so great. And he's just a cool I, dude too. But uh, yeah. so, I mean, like a lot of stuff that we do, we, we focus on accessibility. I think that's important. Um, and here's an interesting dilemma I want to throw your way. So something that went back and forth on in this piece. Uh, there are some pretty technical bits in there because, I mean, that was the purpose, right? Yeah. I, I wanted to write yeah. something with more meat on the bone because, you know, the more advanced players, they like a challenge. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with playing something hard. Right. Now, in the name of accessibility, there are certain parts that, like I said, they're challenging, maybe a little awkward. So I thought I started writing in a whole bunch of Osia, Osia, however you actually oh, say it, parts. I have no idea. Um, yeah. And then... My crossroads was, why am I giving people an easy out? So the question is, do you write, do you, if you write a technical piece, do you make like a baby version or do you leave most of the difficult stuff in and just make people rise to the challenge and get better by ha having to practice it? I mean, that's kind of a leading question the way I phrased it for sure. <laughs> um, oh, you're asking me this. I mean, it could have been uh, rhetorical, but uh, I think my answer is pretty I think clear. your answer is pretty clear. The only time I've ever done that is with my one of the unaccompanied pieces I wrote for that student when I first started oh, writing. Oh, yeah. I wrote for a, a non-major, um, and she won something unaccompanied written, but I left the range very moderate, mm -hmm. and then I wrote another version for myself mm -hmm. that I've played uh, that had a much more expansive range, but only for myself. Um, other people who have played the piece, uh, the, what was it called? Oh, that was the luck of dreams. That was luck of dreams. Yeah, it was. It turned into jest though, to je right. because luck of dreams is a stupid name. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's anyone it's who the liked name, that name only a mother could love. And it was a random title generator name and it's a stupid name, but that, uh, anyone else who's played that has played the actual, like the part I wrote for myself. Mm -hmm. That's so, challenging too. I will say, it, it, yeah, it was, but in a good way. Fun. Yeah, um, but I agree with your sentiment. I don't think there's anything wrong with working at it. Mm -hmm. You're a lot of the music that you write lies really well on the horn, um, very very idiomatic for what mm -hmm. we do. There's only right. a couple instances I can think of that doesn't. <laughs> and some of it's the early stuff like uh, episodes, <laughs> which episode is the tried. first piece that I wrote um, for horn and piano, and it's super <laughs> awkward, and I need to practice it myself every time I play it. Yes, I have learned from that piece, I hope. Drive. Uh, that movement. Yeah, it's and Child's favorite. Play, too. That one's also oh, uh, yeah. tricky. Um, yeah. um, but everything else you write is super idiomatic, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with there being um, something a little tougher that you actually need to work to get better at. Yeah. Because uh, most, of the, I mean, most of the standard pieces of our repertoire you have to work at. Right. I think the difference Why comes in... Is whether something is difficult because it's 
just more challenging technically or if it's difficult because it's non-idiomatic. I think that's where I would make a change. If it was non-idiomatic and just poorly written, then that's I mean, not a thing. I th Okay, I think Adagio and Allegro is poorly written. Yeah, I agree. That's why I don't play it and never will. And that's why I never want, <laughs> never want to play it. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything idiomatic about that stupid... Well, the high C is not too bad. I'm talking... That Allegro is just... It's, it's um, too long. The phrases are too long. There's nowhere to breathe. That random yeah. slowdown section in, yeah. in the Allegro makes no sense to me. No. Um, no. But anyway... Anyway, we could complain about that all day, but um, I no, and I mean, even after looking at uh, a, you've sent me a, a draft, I yeah. think, uh, of it, and I don't think it's unmanageable. It's really not. Um, it's really not. It's it maybe like a fingering, it, but it's not even. It's nothing weird that we haven't seen in Vern Reynolds' etudes. Yeah, it's something that, I mean, so, we I, all just want instant gratification, but it's something like, if you would shed something for 15 minutes, you could probably get it. The other thing is, it sounds cool. And yeah. I think there's a lot <laughs> to be said for like, oh, I have to work at this. Oh, wait, the payoff is this sounds really awesome. So who cares? Right. So there's a, there actually Put in the hard work. one instance in the piece where I did have uh, an optional part, but then all the other ones, I just took them out. And be like, if look, if this thing is too high, you'll know that. You can take it down. It's fine. Yeah. But I won't need to hold people's hands and be like, well, here's the easy way out. You know, make them work for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, maybe we'll put in a little clip of uh, some of the sounds right here. That's going to be a really cool piece when everyone starts playing it. Actually, okay, interview time. Talk about the consortium and what the people that contributed get for uh, for helping to finance the piece. Well, Drew, for the low, low price of... No, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so the reason, first of all, behind the consortium was... This is right now, like, people just don't have money to spend on an entire piece. Um, yeah. to commission yeah. something outright. So what Chris and I talked about doing is trying to make it as accessible as possible. So, I mean, the buy-in for this was 50 bucks, which as far as the consortium is concerned is, is not that much. Um, and so what we decided, what I decided was that if, you know, people who get the consortium or in the consortium, so they get a copy of the piece uh, on release date, which is going to be January 1st of 2021, assuming we get there. And Happy New Year. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the minute the ball hits the bottom, the piece is going out. Boom. Um, in your inbox. So they get the copy of the piece, and then they have performance rights until June 1st. So my idea was that this would be a piece for the spring semester in a lot of universities that people could play because of the continued um, difficulty and access to accompanists. Right. So a and lot of people are doing needed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
So this is uh, a lot of people going electroacoustic works. So I thought this would be a good time for that. Yeah. Uh, so they get performance rights of it. And then also if, uh, if a teacher uh, at a university is part of the consortium, then all of their students can play it as well instead of just them. So I That's kind of opened really it up cool. to that as well. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's on one hand, I, I want to make the piece for everyone to play, and, and that will happen eventually. But um, part of the being in a consortium is that you kind of get first dibs. And then uh, actually the consortium people are also getting another like gift, another special mm -hmm. that they won't know until January 1st. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, so that's that's a really awesome way to adapt to the times and what's needed. Yeah. I mean it's a little like crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, you know. Yeah, I, it's I, true. That's actually I think literally what it is. Uh just in yeah. the music umbrella. So yeah. uh, I'm I this I, I mean, how often is this done? Um I don't know. I, I mean consortiums happen. They that's happen true. in I, the large ensemble world a lot more right. like band pieces because i mean those band pieces yeah. for the big composers you're well, talking a lot four or five digits often yeah, yeah. like often yeah. five digits and that's just kind of amazing to me <laughs> to have a piece yeah but then again they, they're spending you know it's the amount of time that of these parts. things takes too yeah so that's a lot of parts um yeah but i it's think a really it's cool and with, with visions i think I mean, I had a total, if I opened up my work session, there's at least a lot, 25, 30 different instruments. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, and so I write it and I program it, which is like performing it. So there's a lot of work that is involved in it, but it, it's fun. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds awesome from so. what I've heard. And it's going to, I know it's going to go on a ton of recitals and performances and digital concerts. Yeah. Well, upcoming, uh, I hope so, and I, I hope so that people enjoy playing it. Like that's the whole point: is to yeah. give something yeah. for people to have motivation and fun yeah. to practice. Well, I mean, there's only you know most of what you write that I don't like playing, so <laughs> I'm sure people will hate it just as equally. I'm trying to think uh, of what pieces I have <laughs> I just hate. <laughs> um, I can't think of one piece that you've written that I hate. Oh, I can think of. A lot of clunkers. <laughs> that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun segment for us one time. Let's talk about the piece or like the section of a piece Ooh, that we've written that we clunkers. don't like. Yes, that we're like, I really don't like this. Could we? Because I know, I know several things that I've written that you've been like, I just don't like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm honest like when it comes to. to yeah, that. you're like, I just don't. I think you should take this out. I don't like it. And then I say, Well, nope. I don't care. Yeah, I can think and of one piece exactly it. right now where that happened. Yep. <laughs> and it's still there, isn't it? It's it still is there. still there. And it, <laughs> that would be a fun... Okay, so that's going to go on our, like, to-do list. Can we can we bring about. bad pieces of ours and then, like, try to get each <laughs> other to sell, to buy them and call it Cash for Clunkers? Oh, oh, we should... That's what we should do. We should create, like, a... We should bring our pieces that we don't like or that the other doesn't like, and we have to sell it to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, sell, like, mm -hmm. you know, the opposite if you're put on a debate team. Like, if it's a thing you truly believe Shark in, tank. but you're put on the con team. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would be kind of fun. Um, well, anyway, apart from that, uh, Vision is going to be awesome. So, everyone listening, when you hear it, go and get it. Or if you have the rights, play it immediately. And if and not, you can wait for it. You can wait for it. There <laughs> you go. There you go. 
So um, what else cool. in the creative landscape? Do you have anything else that you've done recently? Um, the I mean, I did write a piece for a friend of ours mm-hmm. um, back when the pandemic was just starting. Um, and it was a piece in memoriam of mm-hmm. uh, of a pianist, uh, pianist Jed Moss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a piece for our friend Steve Cohen, mm. um, commissioned mm-hmm. me to write a piece, and it was in memoriam of him. Um, I never actually met the pianist, but I I listened to him play, and he was the pianist for his first CD, Cruise Control, that right. you wrote a piece for. Right. Oh, he absolutely nailed the sonata. I mean, the style and everything, yeah. Yeah, and so I wrote a piece um, for Steve to play that he's going to put on his next album uh, called Distant Echoes. And it's uh, it's actually kind of Swedish because there's two distinct parts. Wait, the it's first Swedish? Is, like, it's, it's the Swedish meatball. <laughs> Wait, that was, a, that was like quasi-Swedish, quasi-Italian. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I did I didn't realize what I said. It's a Swedish chef. It. That's too funny. Yeah, it goes bork a bork a bork in the right. middle of it, and uh, you pull out the chickens, and there's the perfect. <laughs> this, that's really lovely. inappropriate for an in memoriam piece, Drew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize I said that. It's too funny. Okay, it is like a sweet, um, and not sweet as in chocolate. It is like a sweet that is two movements, mm. um, but it, they're both a taka, and uh, the first one's really sad sounding. And then the second one's really exciting. So uh, here's a little clip of what each of those little parts sound like. that's uh that's the piece that uh i put i wrote for jed so i hope that that will be a good um a good offering and in memoriam uh tribute to him even though i never got to meet him i hope that uh people will enjoy that yeah no it's beautiful and you know hats off to to steve cohen too for his efforts in commissioning new works man he does that all the time and that's such a big thing for our community so that's awesome for him and he's gonna sound fantastic on it absolutely uh anything what about you well um considering that our last podcast was in uh, i think 1998 i think that was yep. when we did our last about, episode it, it came out right before space jam was released okay yeah, yeah. 
Right. And so, the last time that website was updated was the last time they uploaded <laughs> that's it. That's right. Oh, conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. I mean, this summer I did some things. Uh, most notably, I guess, was my etude book of the 20 modalities, but also the piece, The Nine Miniatures. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and that was... So I don't know about you. I had a composition slump uh, at the end of spring into summer. I just didn't feel like writing anything. Totally. Just with the way everything was. And right. so the nine miniatures was my kind of uh, kickstarting my composition back up. So I, you know, with this, each movement is between 30 seconds and two minutes long. Yeah, they're short. So it wasn't a big investment. Like it wasn't like, okay, time to write a concerto. It was just right. a little tasting uh, of a style. And they're all so different. Yeah. It was a like, lot of fun, too. They're really cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and I mean, they're really accessible. That's yes. the other thing. Yeah, they're that was really the accessible and just fun to read through. Yeah. And yeah. it actually works well. My uh, former colleague who's now at Michigan, Dave Zirkel, he played it on his first tuba recital at Michigan. <laughs> it works really well for tuba. <laughs> Sweet. Um, then again, he can make anything sound good. But yeah, yeah that was a, it was a fun little piece. And actually, it's a recommendation I have, uh, you know, for a lot of composers, especially people getting into it. Again, is don't set lofty goals for yourself. Don't feel like you have to set out and write a symphony. Just mm. write a flavor, write a short idea. Don't worry about developing it. Like that'll come later. If it's good enough, if you plant that seed, maybe it'll grow into a tree, but maybe it'll be a bonsai, right? Hold on, hold on. I'm getting major Jeff Girl vibes here with all of these like imagery things, you know, planting oh. trees and like bonsai. Wait a minute, hold on. This is like you are channeling Jeff right now. Well, where's my glass <laughs> of wine? Like <laughs> you have to grow a lot. Totally. I yes, I uh, I need to live on this earth for another 250 years. And get really fluent at jazz guitar. Yes. And yeah. uh, apparently, recently, um, all of the Nordic languages. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. that's his. That was one of his COVID hobbies, was, I guess, learning Norwegian. That's because, cool. of course. <laughs> so well, he could watch all the Norwegian soap not? operas. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> that is, sounds like something he'd do. Uh, well, that's... That's cool. Yeah, those those nine miniatures are really, really cool. So if you don't know those, check those out. We should insert a few sound clips of them. Okay, here's, uh, here's a sound clip. So there were nine sound clips from the nine miniatures. I yeah. hope you really enjoyed it and got a real flavor of what each movement has I, to offer. You know, I really tried to, when I wrote these, um, make it feel like time just flows by really fast. Like, so that I when you look back, it's just like little snippets of music. I think I think you accomplished that. And I think our listeners also got that too. Oh, good. Good. Fantastic. Uh, I think, I mean, there were a couple other projects I had, but one that you and I both did together that I don't think I've talked about yet mm. is I did a fun arrangement. Ooh, yes. Yeah, over, um, was it over the summer? I, I think it was the summer. I have no idea. Time is a concept that is lost to me. That's true. I think it uh, was, though, yeah. 
I think it was the summer. Uh, oh, yes, it was because I got my Switch. Uh, I got yes. the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. And I am a big fan of Paper Mario. And so I, the day that the Origami King came out, I downloaded it. And I played it just incessantly because it's a great game. But the theme struck me so Oh, it was such a good theme. And so I arranged it for two horns and piano. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed and that. And you did, played it. Uh, you, you performed the piano part as well, right? I did. And that's on YouTube if you want to go listen to it. I think it turned out really gorgeous. Um, it's a really well-written theme. And did you uh, kind of do it rhapsodically? I forget. Like, did you take the melody and then just kind of elaborate on it and do little variations? Or how did you arrange uh, it? Uh, okay. Actually, the answers to all of your questions about it can be found in this past horn call because I wrote an article about it. I wrote an article about how I did that arrangement and like the literal step-by-step process I went through in which I mapped it out and then did like the key and then got the music and then did the transcribing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I did do it by ear completely. Nice. Uh, But no, it's... uh, it does trade the melody around um, the, because the piano part to the original is incredibly difficult. And I said, nope, can't do it in, in all of that. So I gave some of the melody to the horns, but then I did invent some horn counter melodies that are not in the original theme that mm-hmm. I think sounded pretty cool. I also, <laughs> because we, it was during the COVID times that, I'll be honest, practicing motivation was pretty low. And that was actually a big yep. motivator why I did this is I just wanted to do something fun. Uh, I did make both horns, so both of us played together the whole time. And there were no moments where there was solo instrument. It was just two horns, not two horns, two horns, right. <laughs> not two horns. <laughs> but that's a lot more comfortable to play with another person. So um, that's really what influenced that piece. But uh, it sounded uh, it sounded like this. stuff that we've done yeah to um, stave off the boredom we'd love to know what what all y'all been up to any creative activities either you've done or things that you're planning to do uh so if you have any ideas or any things you want to share let us know send us an email or you know um hit us up on facebook i guess i don't know if you're friends with us <laughs> we, we have a facebook <laughs> page that okay it's really strange it's consistently getting more and more followers and likes but we haven't posted since halloween of 2019 (laughs) that's right we are the worst at social media yeah like the only thing if you go on social media for us right now what you'd find is pictures of colton yeah which is james that's all i post about or pictures of my workouts yep that's it because I've converted my page into a fitness page. So that's yeah. like... Oh, I mean, you inspire it. people, and I make people smile. Colton provides so much joy. 
Yes. To so, so many people. Which is the best. Th- see, these are the best uses for social media platforms. Honestly. Exactly. Inspiration and joy. That's yes. all we do. Anyway. Uh, yes, please get in contact with us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We have an email, which, if I'm not mistaken, because we haven't said it in so long, I might have forgotten it. I believe it's coremotohorn at gmail.com. That's correct, it is. Awesome. And we have a website. Coremotohorn.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's what it is. And Or wait. You sh- right? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Hold no, it is. That's- it is. I have it open right here in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh that is our website so go check out all the things we can do since it's christmas time and we're going to be releasing this i do want to draw your attention to the fact that james arranged an awesome version for two horns and media of oh holy night that we performed mm-hmm. um it's pretty nice actually that's what we should use as the outro music for this oh that would be nice. it should be a holy night we'll just play right? uh, play our whole recording of it okay perfect done well okay thanks for listening and thanks for listening oh one more thing uh so we talk about music on this podcast we do have another podcast that we started i think since yes that's why we haven't done any uh complete musicians it's because we got on a roll with this new podcast so we got a new podcast where we don't talk about music we only talk about music occasionally but it is the best stream of consciousness and chat with your two best friends that you never knew you needed until you listen and it's called drew and james talk about everything because we talk about everything go listen to that it's fun (laughs) 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 set a frog in my throat (laughs) good old sorry my my ears almost exploded (laughs) trying to hold that (laughs) okay you ready yes So go listen to that. You'll enjoy it. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more podcasts soon. Bye.